0: Peter Major, Mining Director at Mergents Corporate Solutions, our go-to man when it comes to anything resources. Peter, when I saw Impala's mandatory to all shareholders of RB Platts, I just thought it's been more than six weeks since we last spoke. I knew I couldn't go another week without it. I would have started having night about the resource counters on the JSE. Six weeks later, and commodities across the board have held up really well over the festive period. Are there any specific
1: reasons for this? Yeah, I think there's a lot of specific reasons commodities have held up. One of them is called the virus. Two of them is called world growth. Uh, Three of them is called, it's expensive in time and money to start a new mine. So if you look at copper production, you look at aluminum production, look at platinum and gold production, Justin, the last five years, most of these commodities have already increased their production at all because it's so long and expensive to do it. And yes, we've been in a super cycle for about 15 years, but there's some some good dips in that 15 years that always frighten people into getting too extended. So we've been hearing and saying for quite a while now, this is the best discipline we've seen mining companies uh, utilize and maintain in probably 50 years. And okay, a lot of the recent deals of maybe the last three, four months, we said, is this top of the cycle type spending? Yes, it is, I believe it is, top of the cycle spending. But notice, they're not spending on new mines, they're buying existing mines, they're buying existing projects, probably paying way too much, because no one has a certainty wherever they are, that that money they put into the ground and building a new mine, that it's gonna give a return in in even 10 years, let alone five. So yeah, answered your question. The, those are the reasons I believe are the most important reasons why these commodities have held up. The demand is there, especially shifting to green energy. And there hasn't been the supply response and COVID we, we know caused lots of bottlenecks. And, and so all of a sudden people can't get stock. So they're panicking. They're trying to buy more than they need just to get it. So I think I think we're going to have decent commodity prices the rest of this year, even with the U.S. gradually increasing their uh, interest rates.
0: Peter, at the back end of last year, it felt like we were chatting every few days. There was M&A mania in the resource sector. Analysts were concerned that this might signal a top in the prices. It hasn't really played out that way, as you've outlined. Are you expecting more corporate action acquisitions and consolidation in the sector in 2022.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am, Justin. And I think it's important to realize there's a cause and effect here that doesn't really bear linking. So yes, at the top of the cycle, you'll see companies that are flush with cash. They have paid off all their debt, but they hate giving money back to shareholders. And so then they start spending it. And in previous times, they would spend it themselves. And then that money was definitely lost. They would spend some on acquisitions. This time, they seem to be spending a lot more of that that extra cash on acquisitions. They're too afraid of getting bogged down in projects like, like Minas Rias and Anglos, like some of these copper mines and gold mines that get frozen. So just because you're spending at the top, that doesn't mean the cycle is now gonna turn down because of your spending it's going to turn down regardless of your spending. It's going to turn down because there's just now not the demand or there's too much supply, but it's always a sign that people have too much money when they're paying prices for assets that we never thought we would see before. And all these companies are very cash flush. They're more than cash flush. They got excess cash. I wish they would give back more as dividends, but it just doesn't seem to be the way they work. You know, they, I can see them wanting to spend it on their own Greenfields-Brownfield project, but gee, when I see companies buy something at the top and pay what most people think is a high price that's hard to justify, I, I, I wish it didn't happen.
0: Peter, this catfight for RB Platts continues. As we spoke off-air, there's actually nothing new. Uh, Impala have just breached that 35% ownership Which results in a mandatory offer. There's surely no ways Northern are going to sell their stake to Impala at a loss. What's the most likely outcome to come out of this tug of war? What does RB Platts look like in a year from now?
1: Yeah, the most likely outcome, I think, is going to be some kind of gridlock. And these are two very well-run companies, very intelligent, experienced, tough, sharp managers so I can't see either of them wanting to be in gridlock too long, but I think they will have to be in it for a while. So far, Impella can mop up shares at a lot cheaper price than Northam. Well, I say a lot, you know, maybe 20% cheaper, and that's significant, because they're paying a fairly high price at 150. So I don't think either are in a rush to talk to the other, they're going to keep mopping up shares. They're going to see what the metal prices do for the next couple of months. They're going to see what the big shareholders like PIC and IDC, they want to see what everybody is asking for. Those players obviously want to get the most they can out of this. But you can't change the facts that this is a much more attractive asset for Empower on a, a virtually every measurement I can think of and a lot of other people think of so I think Impala. I would rather be in their shoes than Northern's shoes right now. Because you're right, Justin, Northern's going to hold a long time before they sell this at a profit. And they're sure not going to sell it at a loss this soon after buying it.
0: Iron ore has rallied nicely off its lows, still far behind the highest set middle of last year. I remember us speaking middle of last year and you were really outspoken about the unsustainability of that price when it was over $200 a ton. It came back all the way to, I think, mid-80s. But what do you think the long-term sustainable iron ore price is and what does this mean for JSC-listed producers such as Comba and Afrimat?
1: Look, the long-term real price for 120 years is about $70. And Justin, I think that is a very sustainable price. I don't think there's an existing producer out there who doesn't have all-in costs below 70. Now, the biggest producers, Billiton, um, Valway, Rio Tinto, w- without a doubt, those guys can get their prices way lower than anybody else. That Florida as well, Those those big giants, can all produce all in costs much less than 40 and probably much less than th- a fair amount after 30. But what happens, all your costs go up with the price. And then when you have a dip, you have a, a reset. And, and we saw when iron ore prices collapsed about 10 years ago, um, Kumba's cost of production, it had grown to over 50 bucks. I think it was around 55 and it's big producing um, competition, they were probably 30, 35. And the iron ore price fell all the way back down to 30. Boy, they got a wake up call. The market didn't discount. They were going to fix it. The share price collapsed. But within a year, Kumba had got a handle on the cost. And they, they found out which cost can we do without? Can we modify? So I don't doubt all the producers have a lot higher costs than are sustainable than they'd want. But as long as this iron ore price stays at 126 it's hard to exercise real tight cost control. Um, But there there's no way this price can be sustainable at $100 because it's going to bring in a lot more producers. And look where Fortescue came from, nothing to a few hundred million tons in literally a decade. You know, it's unbelievable how fast and large that company grew. So this has got to be the hardest commodity, I think, to sustain its current price. It's iron ore at 125 it, it must be the best short of all the commodities. Maybe oil. Maybe coal. Peter,
0: Alpha <laughs> came up on my radar this week. Up 50% this year alone in the first two trading weeks. A 20 billion rand company, so not small by any standard... Who are they? What are they producing? How have they added $8 billion in market value this year, line?
1: Sorry, I didn't get the very start of that. Which company?
0: Al- Alphaman.
1: Oh, Alphaman. To say that's the richest ore body on the planet is not an exaggeration. To, you know, Tin is $40,000 a ton. And I'm not sure I've seen any tin mine that averaged 1% ore body, run of mine or one percent. You know, maybe Royberg tin used to and a couple in the DRC. This mine to have run of mine at five and six percent. You know, Robert Friedland is knocking the world out because he has run of mine copper at five or six percent. Well copper is trading at ten thousand dollars a ton. Can you imagine a tin mine that runs at five, six percent? Tin is forty thousand dollars a ton. So the mine boggles and you know, the numbers are always there. Justin, we didn't think Tim was going to get over 20,000 and alpha men had tremendous return on capital invest potential, you know, re- potential IRRs, but it's probably the highest cost mine in the world. You know, if you look where it's located in the DRC, they probably pay eight times the price to get diesel there. Um, manpower tools, you know, pulling the ore out, you know, Their logistics are horrendous, but the ore is so rich. And and look at the profit margins. Yeah, they're making $65 million a quarter. Um, Does it justify its market cap? If you look at the size of that ore body, it does. Scary, but it does. It's a huge ore body, and they're barely getting started on it. Lastly,
0: Peter, are you bullish, bearish, or neutral in commodities as a whole
1: this year? I am neutral. And that is damn bullish for major after a, a 15, 16 year commodity boom. And he says he's neutral at today's prices because all these prices are much higher than I ever thought were sustainable. And so, yeah, I'm neutral. I'm afraid to short any mining share at today's prices. They're all on single digit PEs. They're all on fat margins. And it's going to take massive increase interest rate hikes to quell the demand for these commodities to knock these prices down. So yeah, I'm neutral. I'm not shorting them.